Welcome to the King's Anywhere podcast, inspirational teaching, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whenever you're ready. Hello and welcome to the next in our Broken Hero series. Today we are looking, uh, carrying on looking at the Faith Hall of Fame, as it's known in Hebrews, and we're looking at one of the great patriarchs of faith, Moses. Moses' life was incredible and varied, and it's so worth reading all about it, starting with the book of Exodus, which gives an account of his early life uh, and him leading the Hebrews out of Egypt and towards the Promised Land. Today, though, we're looking at what it says about Moses in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 23 to 29. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, when he had grown up, he refused to be known as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. What's incredible about this is that it doesn't actually start by talking about Moses at all, but his parents. One of the things that runs right through Moses' story is his faith and God's deliverance. And that starts with his parents. See, Moses was born at a time when the Hebrew people were enslaved in Egypt. And fearing the growing number of Hebrews, Pharaoh issues a decree that any male Hebrew baby should be thrown into the Nile. Moses is born and his parents can't bring themselves to follow the Pharaoh's decree. So his mother, Jochebed, built a small basket for him and places him among the reeds on the banks of the Nile. So here's the thing, I think it's easy to read the Bible with millennia to provide hindsight and miss the very real humanity of the people we hear about and what the situations must have been like for them to experience. For what it's worth, I don't think we just do that with the Bible. All too often we miss the real human reality, the real humanity of the news stories and the things that are happening to the people in the world around us. But just imagine for a moment, if you will, the sheer anguish that this situation must have caused Jochebed. Her family is enslaved, facing a brutal persecution. Her son's life is in very real danger. She tries to keep him safe in the family home as best she can, but she can't. And her only option, it seems, is a perilous journey by boat with no guarantee of safety. Moses begins life as what today we would call an unaccompanied child refugee in a small boat, hoping a better life awaits. From the story, as we find it in Exodus, we don't know why Moses' mother chooses that course of action, what is really an unthinkable thing to do as a parent. But Hebrews tells us it was by faith. Moses' parents trusted God enough to act out of faith, trusted God enough to have faith that he would deliver their precious child. At the time to Moses' family, though, this was undoubtedly a huge act of faith for them to take. But on the scale of things, on the scale of the world, probably felt insignificant. They had no idea who Moses was going to grow up and become. 
I wonder how often we hold back from acting out of faith because to do so somehow feels like it requires us to do something huge but appears to be insignificant on the grand scale of the world. Although this feels like a massive step of faith I need to take here, but honestly, I don't see how this is going to make a difference. Do you know it was about 80 years on from that day on the banks of the River Nile that the true significance of who Moses is becomes obvious. His parents would never have seen it, but they took that step of faith anyway. Because faith isn't a journey we travel alone. The things we do in faith are never done in isolation. They form part of the bigger story of what God is up to in the world. Remember that. What can seem like a small, insignificant act of faith that we make is always part of something bigger. It can have consequences uh, that we may not see immediately, if at all, in fact, this side of eternity. But know this, you are part, an important part, of what God is up to in the world. God was up to a lot through Moses. Because what follows from Jochebed's actions is an incredible deliverance. To cut a long story short, Moses is found by a princess who takes pity on him. Moses' sister, who's watching all of this from a safe distance, sees this and offers to find a Hebrew woman to nurse the child for the princess. The princess agrees and Moses is returned to the arms of his mother where he grows up in complete safety until he's weaned and he's old enough to move into the palace to begin his life as an Egyptian prince. But that wasn't going to last forever. One day Moses finds himself confronted with the suffering of the Hebrew people when he witnesses an Egyptian guard beating a Hebrew slave. Moses' response is to kill the guard and hide his body in the sand. This is our first glimpse of Moses' brokenness. Standing up for the downtrodden is the right thing to do. Moses goes about it in the wrong way. I don't know about you, but that feels like a very relevant message for where we find ourselves in the world in 2020. We can point to plenty of examples of people that are trying to do the right thing, but aren't going about it in a way that we agree with. Moses does the right thing in the wrong way, but it doesn't delegitimize his cause and it doesn't diminish or disqualify him from God's plans and purposes. But Moses thinks he's got away with it. But the next day he tries to intervene in a fight between two Hebrews and one of them calls him out. Are you planning on killing me like you killed the Egyptian? Moses realises he's been caught out and the cost of his standing up for the Hebrew slave is that his life of privilege and comfort comes to a crashing end. He flees Egypt and for the second time in his life he's a refugee fleeing for his safety. He finds himself in Midian, where he has quite a good life. He marries Zipporah, who's the daughter of Ruel, who is the priest of Midian. And he had, they have a son together named Gershom. God, it seems, has delivered Moses a second time from Pharaoh. He's got a pretty good life, not the royalty that he grew up with, but as Proverbs 16.8 says, better a little with righteousness than much gain with injustice. Then... He's called by God to return to the land where his people are enslaved and his life is in danger to set them free. The verses from Hebrews, they list Moses' achievements, understandably so. He is unquestionably a hero of faith, but they miss the brokenness. I know many of you listening to this often find yourself wondering what it is you're being called to. What is God asking of you? How do I serve God in the place I'm in? Am I even in the right place? We can look at biblical heroes and people around us and wonder if we're the only ones who wrestle, the only ones who struggle 
with these things. You're not. Moses is a good example of this. In Exodus 3, it gives us this, the account of Moses being called to return to Egypt. Moses sees a burning bush. It's on fire, but it's not being destroyed. He's interested by this, as you would be. So he goes over to investigate. And from within it, from within the burning bush, God speaks to him. He says that he's heard the cries of the people of Israel and he's going to send Moses to free them. This is Exodus 3, 10 to 15, part of the account of the conversation Moses has with God. So now go. I'm sending you to the Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me. God said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Moses finds himself in the middle of this incredible encounter with God. God is revealing himself to him, giving him this incredible con commission. And Moses, his response is, why me? Who am I to do this? Moses sees the massive step of faith that he's got to take. This time, the trouble isn't that he thinks his actions will be insignificant, but that he is. The only way our actions taken in faith could ever be insignificant is if we are. That is not the case. You are not insignificant to God and the things you do in faith aren't either. So kind of reluctantly, Moses goes. Faced with injustice and suffering being meted out on his fellow humans, he twice chooses not to look the other way and continue his life of security, but to follow the call of God to do the right thing. As the verses we read before say, he chooses instead to be mistreated along with God's people, to be disgraced for Christ's sake. Isn't it interesting that the writer of Hebrews says that Moses does all this for Christ's sake? We are at this point in history, well over a millennium before the birth of Jesus. Moses, like his parents, like all of the broken heroes of faith in this series, understands that his actions, that the actions he takes in faith are part of the bigger plan of God. There are no insignificant acts of faith. There are no insignificant people of faith. All our actions taken in faith form part of the plan of what God is doing in the world. They all bring glory to Jesus. So by faith, Moses looks beyond his situation, the immediate circumstances that surround him and understands that he is part of something bigger. His faith to see the reward that awaits him is greater even than the treasures of Egypt. He has faith and with it, he sees the invisible God who is far greater than his visible situation. But those examples that Hebrews gives, the Passover, part in the Red Sea, those are the outworkings of God through a man whose faith has grown and grown as he's journeyed with him. What's also important here is that Moses understands that his incredible delivery on the banks of the Nile from refugee to prince and his second delivery away from Pharaoh into his new life in Midian isn't the end of his story. See, deliverance is never for its own sake. 
delivered isn't a term that those of you listening to this who are followers of Jesus probably use about yourself. Deliverance probably isn't what those of you who are watching this and wondering or inquiring about faith maybe think you're looking for. But when something is delivered, it doesn't arrive at a destination of its own choosing or by its own effort. Although I'm sure if Amazon could find a way to make that happen, they would. But to be delivered, to receive deliverance, is to trust the one who delivers. Ultimately, our deliverance is not of this world. We may experience some of the some incredible life-shifting move of God in the here and now, or we may be delivered out. We may never be delivered out of our earthly situations until we reach heaven. But we are offered deliverance through Jesus from our sin, from the false identities or mistruths we carry around with us, from death. Ultimately, Moses is delivered by a woven basket. We are delivered by Jesus. And just like Moses, delivered people act out of faith to seek the deliverance of others. Or to put it another way, disciples make disciples. It means we get to trust God and act out of faith in him, even when it's costly or difficult, even when it seems insignificant or we feel insignificant. Because by faith, we're delivered to participate in God's plan to deliver others. Moses is delivered at three months old so that decades later he can return to Egypt by faith and be used by God to lead the entire nation of Israel out of slavery and towards the promised land. First by keeping the Passover, then by parting the Red Sea and walking through it as if it was dry land. From there, the story of people delivered by faith goes on and continues on, spanning millennia and the entire globe. But for all of that, Moses himself would never enter the promised land. In Exodus 17, we find a story where the, the Israelites are in the desert and there is no water. So God commands Moses to tap a rock twice with his staff that he carries and water gushes forth from it. It's an incredible move of God on the surface of it. It looks like Moses has performed something incredible, but it's all God that's done it. Then in Numbers 20, we have a similar situation. The people of Israel are thirsty. They're getting frustrated with their journey through the desert. Their, their 40 years in the desert is almost at an end. And Moses goes to God again and says, the people are thirsty. The people are frustrated. What should I do? God says to Moses, speak to the rock and water will come gushing forth. But in his frustration with the people and the situation, Moses instead strikes a rock, apparently out of anger. The water still gushes forth. But Moses has disobeyed God. In Deuteronomy 35, 51 to 52, God explains to Moses that he isn't going to enter the promised land. And he says this, he says, This is because both of you, Moses and his brother, broke faith with me in the presence of the Israelites at the waters of Meribah Kabash, where he struck the rock the second time in the desert of Zin. And because you did not uphold my holiness among the Israelites, therefore you will see the land only from a distance. You will not enter the land that I am giving the people of Israel. And so that's what happens to Moses just before the Israelites are about to cross into the promised land. God leads Moses up a mountain where he can see the promised land. He's gracious enough to allow Moses, even though he's failed, to see the promised land. But he doesn't enter it. He dies there in sight of the promised land. Moses has this moment where out of anger or frustration, he fails to trust God. He takes matters into his own hands and the consequences that he doesn't get to enter the promised land. By faith in God, nothing we do is insignificant. 
God is a God who delivers. We are part of his plan and purpose. But as the lesson of Moses shows, if we take hold of things for ourselves rather than follow what God has asked of us, we'll fall short of that plan. We won't live up to the promise and the potential that we have. So now I think back to Jochebed on the banks of the Nile, to Moses standing up for the oppressed Hebrew people and then fleeing Egypt and leaving behind the only life he'd ever known. To Moses setting back out to return to Egypt with the daunting task of facing Pharaoh to set them free. As they made those decisions and acted in faith, they would have had no real concept truly of how important those steps that they were taking, massive to them though they seemed. They had no idea how the events would unfold. But by faith, they trusted that their actions were part of the plan of the God who delivers. By faith, Moses is willing to risk everything when he stands up for the oppressed, when he answers the call of God to be disgraced for Christ's sake, so that others may be delivered too. The life of Moses is incredible. He does remarkable things by faith. He's delivered time and again, but he also fails spectacularly. He is very much broken hero he is an example to us in his heroics as much as he is an encouragement to us in his brokenness he's delivered so that he can deliver others he understands that he's part of the bigger picture he follows the call of god i just want to remind you as i finish this that god is a god who delivers there are no insignificant actions of faith because there are no insignificant people of faith let's pray Lord thank you for Moses thank you for the example that we have of his life thank you for the way that we see your glory and the truth of who you are God revealed through his life Father help us to trust you when we take steps of faith that you are the God who delivers Father help us to trust you when we look at ourselves to see that those steps that we take are never insignificant because to you we are not insignificant father help us to have the courage to be delivered people who lead others towards deliverance amen we hope you enjoyed this message to find out more about king's church warrington visit our website or find us on facebook and instagram